Hi, I'm Mary-Kate. And I'm Carl, and this is Everything Changed, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Where we explore all the best moments, themes, and discuss why it's one of the best animated series of all time. And we are back for more Everything Changed. That's right. So today we're tackling episodes three and four. Yes. The Southern Air Temple and the Warriors of Kyoshi. So without further ado, let's like pop right in. You have Southern Air Temple, Carl. So hit us. Okay. So with the summary, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Aang and Katara and Sokka are, they've just left the Southern Water Tribe. And so they're going to go back to the Southern Air Temple where Aang was raised. And they go back there and everything's in ruins because the Fire Nation has destroyed it. But Aang's kind of upbeat, and he's like, you know, it's not suspicious at all that none of my people are here. And then he finds out that, oh, the Fire Nation killed everybody, including his former mentor, Monk Gyatso. And because he finds uh, his skeleton surrounded by a bunch of Fire Nation armor and skeletons and what have you. And then he gets mad, and he goes into the Avatar state, and then Katara pulls him out of it. And that's the episode from their perspective. From Zuko's perspective... He's getting his ship repaired in a Fire Nation dock, and he meets Admiral Zhao, or Commander Zhao, or General Zhao. He keeps getting promoted throughout the series, so I'm not, I don't, I, I wasn't in the Navy, so I don't know the delineations <laughs> of the ranks. And then Zhao finds out that he, that Zuko has found the Avatar, and so he's like, we should fight. And Zuko's like, all right. And then they fight, and it turns out that, you know, Zhao's like a legitimate jerk, but Zuko still has some honor in him. I wonder if that'll come up later in this series. Probably not. I doubt it. It doesn't really seem like his defining characteristic. <laughs> cool. That's a pretty good recap. Out of the park with that one. Hit, yeah, you nailed it. There's a lot of firsts in this episode. Obviously, we meet Commander Zhao. I think he's. I think we discovered he was Commander when we tried to record this the first time. Zhao. And then, but then he gets promoted or evil moded. I think. Yes. It's the official term. Which is, of course, mm-hmm. when you are evil and you get a promotion. It's an evil motion. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we meet him, and he's a pretty big player in, in season one. We also meet Avatar Roku. So do you want to talk to us about who Avatar Roku is? Yes, Avatar. So how the Avatars work is that they get reincarnated, and they can speak with their past reincarnations, and they go in a certain order. The order of the elements, which is sort of mirrors the order of the seasons, So, like, air is fall, winter is water, spring is earth, and summer is fire. That's the order that the Avatar has to master the elements in, but also the order that they get reincarnated in. So, Roku is the past Avatar, which would mean that he is a firebending Avatar. Indeed. And we also meet Momo, the lemur. And I like who we meet him because Sokka wants to eat him. Yes, that is correct. (laughs) And that's really funny to me. And he's the only lemur that we see. I don't think... We, we visit a few more temples in the series. I think he's the only lemur that we see. So he's like the last... The last lemur. So that's the alternate title for the show from Momo's perspective. Mm-hmm, that's oh, a spinoff oh, series. And I would love it if it's all... You know that episode? It's later where Katara and Sokka are sick and they're trying to get like, Momo to like fetch them water and then like you see Katara speaking oh, yeah. to it's Momo. It's like Momo's perspective. It's like, a, it's like the fisheye lens <laughs> yep and that's the whole series of the last lemur it. is just in I that vibe it. honestly nickelodeon we're here we're ready and to sign the contract yes i'm willing to come on board do nothing and just have somebody else animate and the entire series from momo's perspective 
That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the dream. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, it is. That's where that's where we need to be. By the time this podcast hits it big, which obviously with this dope content and our sweet delivery via Skype, it will hit the big time. Yes, and when we that have happens, all the ingredients going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fun fact: I'm looking at the Avatar: The Last Airbender Wikipedia page, which, mm-hmm. as we know, is a source of pure gold information. And I'm seeing that uh, Dave Filoni, who was like the head of, or like one of the heads of the Star Wars department at Disney now, he mm-hmm. directed a lot of the episodes in season one. He didn't direct either of these two, but he directed the first two. Oh, really? Yeah, that's weird. Okay, but like I can kind of see the connection. Like I, I could see there's a lot of Star Wars esque stuff. I think in Avatar. In terms of like, yeah. we'll, theme. we'll do it in uh, season two, but there's a very direct reference <laughs> in late season two. Yes. So let's talk about some of our favorite moments of the Southern Air Temple. Okay. I really love the flashback we get with Monk Yatso and his gooey center. For those who haven't seen the episode, first of all, again, why are you here? But secondly, in this flashback, we see Monk Yatso is like, I guess he's cooking some cakes or pastries or something. And he talks about how much he loves the gooey center. And I think it's really just like such a wholesome flashback. It's really cute to see all the flying bison at the Southern Air Temple. And that's the flashback where he says, we can't concern ourselves with what was. We must act on what is, which will take us into some themes later. But I I just like that moment. What a beautiful moment indeed. My favorite moment is when Zuko and Zhao are fighting and Zuko can burn him. He's, He's got the upper hand and he can burn Zhao and give him a scar. And Zhao's like, come on, do it. You bested me. Give me, give me a scar to match yours. And Zuko chooses not to. That's, ooh, mm. It just hit me right in the, right in the chest. It, it gives have... you more information about Zuko, too, that you don't have yet. Yeah, and so far he's been just the villain. And now it's like, oh, you know. He's, oh, he's complicated. He's this. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He's like the guy in high school that, like, dyed his hair black and, like, wore my chemical romance t-shirt and, like, listened to Bright Eyes, a.k.a. my ex-boyfriend, Raleigh St. Clair. So he's an emo kid? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. Okay, yeah. This is, like, a, a total tangent. I don't want to get into season two, but I was just watching the big Zuko flashback episode. And I was, like, season my one. eyes. No, it's in season two. No, it's in season one. Oh, really? Oh, no. The episode with Zuko by himself where we get... No, 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 no. The one where, where you get the family. There's a lot of flashbacks in... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll be more specific. The one where his mom leaves. Okay, that's season two. And, like, my eyes were, like, stinging with tears. Like, stinging. I was, like, trying to hold it back. And then I was trying to explain it to Michael of how, like, emotional it was. And I, like, made him watch it. And he was like, yeah, that's sad. And I was like, you don't get it. But when I was watching it, it was, like, 2 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And so I was, like, already, like, you know, like, when you're tired but, like, also emotional. No, I don't. It got me good. Carl, okay. don't act like you don't. I don't. I, I've never felt two feelings at the same time in my life. Well, that makes sense. Cool. That is a good moment. Equally, in that moment, I really like when Zuko turns his back after refusing to burn him. And then what happens? Tell us, Carl. And then Zhao's about to attack him from behind, but Uncle Iroh stops him. And he's like, you're a real bad guy. We're bad guys, but we'll be good guys later. Yeah, I think that's a direct quote. Yeah, yeah. The voice actor for Iroh says it better, but, you know, I, mm-hmm, I get the gist mm-hmm. of it across. Yeah, he actually says, my nephew is more honorable than you. Thanks again for the tea. It was delicious. Which I think is like a real badass motherfucker thing to say. Like, like you suck. Thanks for the fucking tea. Bye. Oh, jeez. Smitty took the lid off. Do you have, do you have I, a glass of wine before we recorded I, this? Don't I? I don't know if I can say the F word on this. I'm going to have to mark this as explicit now. No. It's all right. 
But yeah, I really liked that moment. And I liked to see Uncle Iroh protect Zuko. Because I think it also says a lot about like their relationship and how he feels about Zuko. Yeah, definitely. It's really sweet. But back to the gooey center scene. I forgot to mention another great bit in it is when they throw the cakes on the meditating air monks. It's like so funny. Yeah, Aang throws those on like the Air Nation elders. And we find out later, you know, what happens to Zuko when he speaks out against his nation's elders. So it's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. That's a really interesting dichotomy of, yeah. I know. I'm just very clever. I'm very smart, very wise, some would say, you know. I would say you're the wisest with an exclamation (laughs) point at the end of it. And imagine me tweeting it. I would never say that about myself, but I 100% agree. You're going to, but you will retweet it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Love to see it. That is really interesting. I just also think that there is some major Monk Yatso and Uncle Iroh kind of adjacent qualities. Yeah, they're both elderly, wise people who, you know, want the best for their mentee, their protege, as it were. I also think that, like, there is something to the fact that, like, the, the wisest people have the best senses of humor and can like really kind of see through the drudgery of the world and like always find something to like appreciate whether it's like tea or cakes or gooey centers or whatever but also kind of just like laugh at the state of what's happening yeah the wisest people can see through the lies of the jedi yep i see through their lies and what themes did we come across in this episode okay so my big theme from this episode i think is that you can never really go back home so ang returns to the southern air temple he's really excited and he thinks everything is going to be just as he left it and then it is nothing of the sort and katara tries to like hide this from him there's a fire nation helmet you know and she tries to to hide it so ang can't see it but like you can't avoid facing reality and when you've gone out into the world and pursued new adventures you can never really go back to the way things were because your worldview has shifted. Your probably priorities and like the things that matter to you have shifted. So you can try to go back, but it will not be what what you expect it to be. Yeah, and we find out later why he left. It wasn't necessarily a choice to go out on an adventure, but you know, to try and run away from stuff. And if you try and run away from stuff, you know, it's, you can't come there, back fully. Yeah, there are consequences to that. Yeah, and just seeing the world through a new lens, I think, is, like, really interesting. And the idea that you can't really hide reality. Like, Katara can try to hide that helmet, but, like, he's just going to have a more jarring awakening when he sees the skeleton of his mentor, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably would have been better if she just, it's like, look, I already told you kind of what happened in one of the previous episodes, and here's further evidence, so gear yourself for what you might see later on. Yeah, and I think that, like, especially with kids, I think that's a really important lesson because so many times people try to shield kids from the harsh reality of the world. And, like, I'm not saying that you should just, like, show them everything that's happening, but equally, like, kids are smart, and they're going to find out information well, no as matter we what. established in episode one, we can't break lore. In episode one, we established that kids are very stupid. So pick, pick, a, pick a path, Katie. Honestly, maybe they'd be smarter if we, like, yeah them to reality maybe it's on us you, you know more so than maybe me, us. we're the problem oh my god am i part of the problem hate to see it hate to see it but that's one of the themes another theme obviously i brought it up earlier is that we must act on what is and not concerned with ourselves with what was and i think this is actually a really really important theme for life they say that If you are concerned about the past, you are living in regret. If you are concerned about the future, you are living in anxiety. But if you are only concerned with the now, then that is like the way of peace. And like, that's so hard. 
to do. I personally like have never done anything bad in my entire life and therefore have no regrets, no rag rats, if you will. But I do think about the future a lot and have anxiety about like what's going to happen, especially in these COVID-19 times. So like centering yourself and being like, really all there is is what's here and now is like really powerful. Yeah. What a deep message for a children's program. It's so true. And then last but not least, before we go on to the Warriors of Kiyoshi, the end of the episode ends with Aang obviously very upset because his family essentially has been destroyed by the Fire Nation and Katara is like, we're your family now, which drives home the message that we get to choose our family. And it can change through the seasons of our lives and through the circumstances of what happens. But ultimately, like we have the power to create our family that we want, which is why I brought you to this podcast to let you know that I'm disowning you as a brother. I knew it. I had a feeling. (laughs) It's a trick. It's a trick. Two episodes, though. I really appreciate you. Let me just have that first episode. It was a cathartic experience. And then the second episode, you spring it on me. You know what? Rip the bandit off. I'm not going to hide reality. Wow, what, what a legend. And I almost discovered Bunkiazzo Skeleton, too. Could you imagine if you hadn't told me? Would've. It would have been really rough. It would have been so, jeez. Oh, too much. So, uh, any themes from you? No themes from me. You cut, you nailed it. You hit it out of the ballpark. Sweet. Let's <laughs> head over to the Warriors of Kiyoshi. Probably my favorite episode so far in the series. So, I'm going to give the recap. You ready? Uh, okay. Okay, cool. So the, uh, Aang brings the gang to the Earth Kingdom's Kyoshi Island because he wants to ride a large elephant koi, which is a fish surrounding the waters. However, the group are quickly captured by Kyoshi warriors. And this is a group of warriors consisting entirely of girls who protect this island. Aang proves he's the avatar and frees himself, Katara, and Sokka. And everyone in the island gets really obsessed with him, especially like the little girls who love Aangie. But this attention creates a rift between him and Katara, and she gets frustrated because he's spending all of his time showing off to the little girls and not helping them. Meanwhile, Sokka is going through a learning of his own. He's embarrassed after being beaten by the Kyoshi warriors in combat training, and he tries to prove himself to be stronger than they are. Of course, he suffers further embarrassment, as is the way of Sokka. And then eventually, in a really lovely display of masculinity, swallows his pride and asks to be trained by their leader, Suki. And she agrees. But of course, if he's going to train like a Kyoshi warrior, he has to dress like one. And that means the full face makeup. It means the full dress and the fans, of course. And he begins his training. Aang tries to show off to Katara and tries to do so by riding the Unagi Sea Serpent, but things go very poorly, and soon word spreads that the Avatar is around, and this gets to Zuko, who obviously attacks, trying to capture Aang. But luckily, Aang, Katara, Sokka, they all manage to escape before the island is decimated and the Unagi Sea Serpent hoses down the village after it's attacked by the Fire Nation, easing the flames. And I guess one of the important bits of this episode is that we meet Avatar Kyoshi, who is the Earthbender Avatar prior to Avatar Roku. So we've now met Aang, Air, Roku, Fire, Kyoshi, Earth. And that's what's up. Did I miss anything? You missed everything. That's the wrong episode, Katie. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm kidding. Nope, you gotta mail it to work. Sweet. So let's hear some of your thoughts on this episode before we launch into favorite moments. I don't think it was my favorite episode thus far, but I do like it better than the Southern Air Temple. Southern Air Temple is kind of dour. It's very important in the series, especially since it deals with like genocide. And it's like, you know, we had fun and games in the first episode, but we're going to be touching on some serious points. But this episode's kind of fun. 
Sokka and the Kyoshi Warriors have a fun dynamic. And it's interesting that, you know, when he's training with them, even they're like, look, you're not going to master this in a day. But he's like very determined and he's still Sokka, even though he's kind of, you know, let go of these sort of negative characteristics. And then watching Aang deal with being the Avatar and learning that, you know, you can't let the fame go to your head. You can't let being the Avatar change who you are. And there's not really anything with Zuko. Maybe that's why I don't like it. I mean, honestly, same. Could use a little bit more Zuko in every episode. I agree. I agree. That could be our other spinoff after we do Momo's. We could. Yeah, there we go. But Momo first. Momo first. I also really liked the fact that like Aang has to learn that like he can't really stay anywhere. Well, later he can stay somewhere, but like like, not now. He's on the run, and like it puts the whole village in danger for him to just stay because it's like fun for him, and like his ego is massaged, you know. Yeah. I don't really think it was so much about him staying, but like more about the path of being the avatar for him is going to be difficult. It's not so because like later when they go to Bossing, say they have plans to just stay there, but they, you know, and they do for a while. Yeah, that's true. But that's not for a long time. Yeah. So obviously some favorite moments. Mine are, I feel like mine are probably pretty obvious. If you know me, I love all the stuff between Sokka and the Kyoshi Warriors and I love when she says, I am a warrior, but I am a girl, too. I, like, die inside. I see. I like Suki as well. Suki's, like, so cute. Sokka has game. Yeah, he, he knows what he's doing, which is odd because he grew up with, you know, no women around. I guess, you know, he's got up this, like, pent-up sexual frustration. So once he gets out, he's game. He's ready to go. And we think he's, like, what, 16, 17? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. It's just, like, so, and honestly, Suki has game, too. Yeah, like, which is he, weird. like. It's like, where are all the boys on that island? Did they go off to fight in the war? Did they say anything about that in the episode? I don't know. But I know later when they return, all the Kyoshi warriors have left to also go fight. So I'm yeah, guessing right. so. And Katara and Saka's, all, all the men in their tribe left to go fight in the war. So. Although, wasn't the idea that Kyoshi Island was meant to be an island for just women warriors? Yeah, but I'm saying they were okay with training Sokka. So you would think in a time of war, they'd be like, okay, let's get every able-bodied person to join. Or even see them, or like Suki would, you know, have a thing with some other guy on the island. I get it's it's a TV show, but one would surmise that, you know, she hooks up with Sokka this quickly. Well, look, there are other men on the island because there is a man that foams at the mouth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just assumed they were like, we're not taking the mouth foam guy. (laughs) To be a Kyoshi warrior. Like, sorry, he could be a great asset. Soluble. You're not allowed in the Kyoshi warriors. <laughs> oh, that's such a funny, weird moment. And I love I love it. Yes. So I loved the kiss on the cheek. I love that Sokka's a, a ladies' man. And I love at the moment, like, when they're captured. And, like, as the audience, like, you don't know. And then Sokka's like, show yourself, cowards. And then they, like, reveal. And it's all the all the Kyoshi warriors. And I'm yeah, like, even hit it oh. with the the warriors of Kyoshi, like what? What could that be? Yeah, it's not like love the it. of Kyoshi. It's good stuff. And I also love when Aang comes in and sees Sokka training in the Kyoshi garb. Why does Aang? It's not in this episode. It's in a later episode that Aang has on the the makeup. Never mind. I was thinking of a later episode. Yeah, he like looks cute in it. He looks <laughs> ridiculous. <in it. laughs> he looks so like tiny in the episode. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We don't get ahead of ourselves. But you actually mentioned it when we originally recorded this that like Aang's response to him in the dress is like judgment free. 
He's like, yeah. nice dress. Oh, you look good. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good friend. Or yeah. maybe he's like young enough to not like understand what's going on. Yeah. But like equally when you're, when you're, I guess 12 is probably a little older, but like when you're young, like, you know, gender is a construct. Like you don't really, and like, honestly, like the, the let's, not, let's not get into, let's get into <laughs> our pizza, like, our like pizza parlor. Let's be cool. All right. I'm actually brought you to this podcast so that oh, we can God. launch our, <laughs> no, our no, pizzeria. So I can't do two in one episode, Katie. I can't do it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So obviously themes, sexism is lame. Let's save the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into that either, but, but <laughs> sexism, sexism That's is lame. The monkey Yatso skeleton that you have to find. <laughs> I think we've all got a monkey Atsu skeleton in our closet somewhere. Right. I love the part where Suki talks about the warrior's uniform and how Sokka should be proud to wear it and how various bits of it symbolize bravery and honor. And I know this is like a deep cut, but I'm a really quite a feminine woman. I love wearing makeup. I love wearing dresses. Like I love hair. I love all that stuff. I love going to the salon and to me, it definitely is kind of like my, I guess, warrior's uniform. And when I'm putting it on and when I'm doing it up, it's definitely for me and like for my confidence, for my bravery, for my honor. And I just thought that moment was really cool for me personally. Yeah. And thus far in the series, in half of the episodes, Sokka has worn makeup. You are not wrong. I am correct. 50%. That's a solid percentage, Sokka. We got some questions. It's true. We have some questions, and I think that it's been answered by the percentage. The data does not lie. That's right. Yes, data doesn't lie. Stats don't lie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So I liked that theme, and then I also enjoyed a bit of a Zuko theme. We haven't really even touched on Zuko. He has a hot temper, and Iroh says to him, you know, keeping a level head is a sign of a great leader, and Zuko freaks out immediately, obviously signaling to us. He has leadership potential, but he is not there yet. And then in like the uh, Warriors of Kyoshi training, Suki is taking Sokka through it. And he says, she says, it's not about strength. It's about using your opponent's force against them. And I think that that's a good lesson. But sometimes it's not about like pushing something, but it's actually about like recognizing what the other person needs or wants or is trying to trying to do and reacting to that instead. Sure. So that's what's up. Any themes from you? My theme is the value of uh, buying your food locally. If Zuko hadn't bought that fish locally, he would have never found out where Aang was. So, you know what? Also, Katara was buying locally. That's right. And in these quarantine times, it's more important than ever that you support your local businesses. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I know you like really, to frequent the, really the Walmart marketplace. And spoke to us 15 years ahead of its time, really, with that message. Mm-hmm. Inspirational, mm-hmm. if you will. Indeed, indeed. I also loved in this episode that Katara saves Aang. Yes. Yep, that was cool. Another kind of girl power moment. And I love the little exchange between Katara and Aang at the local market where she says that's ridiculous when he accuses her of jealousy. And he says, All right. you, you deliver this line so well. So what? what is it? Aang is like, I know what's wrong with you. You're jealous. And Katara's like, that's ridiculous. And Aang's like, it is a little ridiculous, but I forgive you. (laughs) I don't know if he purposefully misinterprets it or if he doesn't. And it's such like a miss it and you won't understand it moment because I didn't hear it for like the first handful of times that I watched this episode. And then when I did, I was like, that's the funniest thing I've heard all month. It was a dry month, but still, you know, the funniest thing of the month is big. I don't think he purposefully misunderstood it. I think he's like really, 
<laughs> yes. Which is so wholesome. And I think that, like, it kind of maybe goes to, like, his monk training. How, how is it wholesome, though? I think it's just... It's just so sweet. I'd be like, it is a little ridiculous, but I understand. Like, uh, like she's like apologizing. She's like, yeah, you know, don't sweat it. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. And like, he's trying to be so understanding, but it com- it's actually so insulting. Like, it would be yeah, so insulting. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a good moment. So that's Warriors of Kyoshi, and we are four episodes in. So any any thoughts now that we're a fair handful of episodes in? We haven't really gotten to anything big, but from what I can remember when I was watching the TV show on my own, or like, you know, for the first time back in 2005, I like the characters so far. I'm interested to see where this goes, and I don't know where it's heading, and I'm having a good time watching them on these kind of side missions thus far. What about you? Yeah, so thinking back to when I was watching it with you originally, thought it was cute. I also liked the characters. I thought uh, Warriors of Kyoshi was a really fun episode and kind of unexpected, to be honest. But I, too, was kind of like, yeah, I could still kind of, like, give it or take it. Like, it's cute. It's fun. The writing's... I got a good chuckle. But, like, it's a kid show. It's still a kid show. It's still a kid Um, show. So, yeah. We'll see where we go from here. So that kind of concludes this episode of Everything Changed. We want to hear your thoughts, your opinions. We want to hear about your monkey yatso skeletons in your closet. So please feel free to, uh, to post in the comments or, or message us directly. We'd love to also read off some of your experiences here on the podcast. So without further ado, have a great day.